is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. Recently, I recounted the story of Nehemiah. The encouragement I shared was about God using people, ordinary people, to do extraordinary things, things that they could never have imagined were it not for God taking them to those places. If you haven't listened to the episode, I encourage you to go back and listen before we go any further in today's story because it's the backdrop to all the things I'd like to cover today. So, a couple of episodes ago, I talked about how Nehemiah, the cupbearer to the king, boldly prayed to God. In turn, God answered by giving him the boldness to ask a huge request of the king, to take off time from his job to travel to his homeland and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Now, what I didn't mention was that between the ask and the completion of the wall, it took nearly two months, 52 days to be exact. This wasn't just some weekend project. It also wasn't just some light construction with no delays or pushback. See, as I was reflecting, I realized that there's a really big piece of Nehemiah's story that I skipped over, the in-between. Ironically, I skipped over that in-between for time's sake. And oftentimes, it's that very space of time, that in-between, where we find ourselves most often in life. It's the in-between of saying yes to God's call and the actual completion of whatever that is. The in-between can be so drawn out that you forget what launched you in the first place. It can become a season of waiting. Other times, it can become a season of attack. But almost every time, it will be some combination of both. This can be a place of pain and perseverance. But this is also a place of growth. This is a place God teaches and equips us with experience. The in-between. It's the place God changes us while He's using us to impact His kingdom. Everything serves a purpose for God, who turns all things to the good, to those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. I read in Scripture where Nehemiah arrived in Jerusalem and built the wall in the face of opposition, fulfilling prophecy. What I skipped through were some of the in-between details. Let's go back where we left off. Not only do I want to pull out some of the main points of this time period, but I also want to draw your attention to the fact that Satan still uses these same tactics. So let's jump in. Nehemiah arrived in Jerusalem, surveyed the damage to the wall, and assembled the people to begin the work. Each tribe and family was designated a job and a place to build. Immediately, nearby enemies saw what was happening and began mocking the Jews. It wasn't long, though, until fear crept in because the enemy realized that progress was being made. The Jewish people continued to work, and the mockery became rage and threats of violence. Soon, these evil men began plotting to attack. Nehemiah and his people prayed earnestly to God for his protection. They continued to work. Nehemiah was burdened and cried out to the Lord, asking boldly for him to move on behalf of his people. God answered by giving Nehemiah favor in the sight of the king and giving him courage to act as a catalyst for rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And this is how many of our own stories begin. We carry a burden for something. We pray. 
God answers in a huge way, and it's exciting. So we pursue it. Nehemiah pursues the call of God, acts in obedience, and arrives at his destination, Jerusalem. As he begins the work, the enemy immediately starts attacking, first with mockery, words of insult meant to inflict hurt and doubt, to undermine the work being done. Pay attention to this. The enemy always starts here, with doubt and encroaching thoughts of fear and second-guessing. It's the easiest way to kill a calling in its infancy before it's fully mature. Does this sound familiar? It's a pattern as old as time. We hear God say, go, do. So we begin, and the enemy is right there to meet us. Oftentimes, the attacks turn from mockery to threats of violence. As the enemy sees Nehemiah making progress towards the thing God has called him to, he launches into action. The enemy always rears his ugly head when we begin making headway towards God's purposes. He will throw every tactic in the book at you. You'll notice life all of a sudden feels off, like you can't go a day without some incident that hits your confidence and distracts from your original purpose. These things can range from a fender bender, flat tire, a sick kiddo, stress at work, the AC going out, arguments with your spouse or friends, pushback from bosses, unwarranted contention with people in your life. The list can go on and on. So many of these things can go wrong to set you back. And you may think I'm crazy for saying so, but these are so often attacks from the enemy. Sometimes it's what's considered spiritual attacks. They are real and they are a favorite tactic from the enemy to wear you down, steal your joy, and distract you from the very thing God called you to in the first place. From personal experience, I'll tell you, I've had the most insane weeks when I'm most deeply pursuing God's call. If y'all only knew what pops up when I post new episodes. (laughs) But the thing is... I always see it as confirmation that I'm on the right track. The enemy wouldn't worry about what we were doing if it wasn't making an impact for the kingdom of God. Now, the next thing the enemy tries is confusion. Nehemiah 4.8 says this, They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw it into confusion. After all, if mockery and discouragement can't keep them from building, maybe they can throw them into confusion. The enemies thought they could creep in among the workers unnoticed and then attack, causing chaos, taking lives, and stopping the work. But do you know what the Jews did? Verse 9 goes on to say, So we prayed to our God and stationed a guard because of them day and night. The Hebrews learned of their schemes and God frustrated the plot. And now a break for our sponsor. Hey guys, I wanted to take a second to talk to you today about one of our partners, Crew. It goes without saying that the Bible has changed my life. I use it every day. But can you imagine for a second that you couldn't get a Bible? Or that you couldn't hop on Amazon and get one sent to your house? Or maybe you couldn't even afford one. Take it a step further and imagine that you aren't even allowed to have one. Honestly, sometimes we forget that there are people so many people all around the world who can't get a Bible. That's why we're thrilled to partner with Crew. Crew is one of the largest evangelical organizations with over 25,000 missionaries in almost every country 
Crew is giving Bibles around the world to people in their own heart language and sharing the hope of Jesus. But here's where they need your help. For only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, as a thank you, Crew will provide meals to five hungry families through their humanitarian aid ministry. Simply text BIBLES to 71326 to help today. Imagine just how much this gift could change someone's life. So text BIBLES to 71326. That's BIBLES, B-I-B-L-E-S, to 71326 to help now. Or visit give.crew.org slash unexpected. Message and data rates may apply. And now back to our story. So here's my favorite part of the story of Nehemiah. Verses 16 through 21 read, From that day on, half of my men did the work while the other half held spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers supported all the people of Judah who were rebuilding the wall. The laborers who carried the loads worked with one hand and held a weapon with the other. Each of the builders had his sword strapped around his waist while he was building, and the trumpeter was beside me. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, The work is enormous and spread out, and we're separated from one another along the wall. Whenever you hear the trumpet sound, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we continued to work while half of the men were holding spears from daybreak until the stars came out. So what did the people do first? They began to pray. Prayer should always be our first weapon. Not just any kind of prayer, but using the Word of God to stand against the enemy. In fact, if we look at the armor of God, our weapon of offense is the sword of the Spirit. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So when the scripture tells us that the Jews worked with one hand and held a weapon with the other, that tells me something incredibly important. Half of the battle is in prayer. Doing the actual work is important, but praying is the other half of the equation. Not only to combat the attacks of the enemy, but also because praying And being in the Word of God will discern the thoughts and intents of your own heart while you're doing the work. It is a weapon against the enemy, yes, but it is also the standard by which to measure your heart motives as you pursue the work at hand. It is so easy for our motives to change in the middle of God's work. You may think that sounds ridiculous considering you started something, God asked you to start, but What happens when you stop going to God to direct every step of that build? What happens when you start to take more control? When you get so wrapped up in the numbers and optics of your ministry that you lose sight of what God wanted you to do in the first place. Too often, incredible ministries are lost because people who start them in obedience end up building their own way and in their own strength without the word guiding them. When a work becomes our own rather than God's, no matter how incredible the cause, it can become an idol. Not only that, but self-dependence can breed pride, and pride goes before the fall. 
So it is much safer to continue building with one hand and holding the sword in the other. Anyway, back to Nehemiah. Eventually, the monumental task was finished. The wall was rebuilt. Now, the enemy is grasping for ways to discourage any further momentum. The foe begins spreading rumors to the surrounding kings that the Jews are planning to rebel against them now that their wall is built. And not only that, but they continue to send messengers to Nehemiah asking him to come and meet under false pretenses. They want to kill him. It is so obvious how desperate the enemy has become. Fortunately, Nehemiah is a man who listens to God rather than the voices of the enemy. Therefore, he is wise and discerning enough not to fall for such a trick. And despite the intimidation, the rumors come to no end. Nehemiah carried on until every detail was seen to. God shared with him how to assemble the people and in what order. They confessed their sins and vowed their faithfulness to God once more. He saw his work to completion. Prophecy was fulfilled. All because a cupbearer to the king prayed bold prayers and acted in obedience despite opposition, despite the attack of the enemy. And in that in-between, Nehemiah persevered. Now, there are two things that I hope to pull out of this story today. One, there is an in-between. From the moment God calls you to do something until the moment of completion, you'll be in the in-between. And the second thing, the enemy will always attack in this place. While we are in pursuit of what God calls us to, Satan will mock plant doubt, attack, distract, lie, and intimidate. He will use everything in his arsenal to discourage us and keep us from obedience. But we have all we need to keep fighting the fight. We have the sword of the Spirit, meant to be held in one hand while we build with the other. Today, I pray anyone who finds themselves in the in-between will remember Nehemiah's story. I pray you'll look at where you are Recognize how the enemy is trying to come against you and remember where God is wanting to take you. Fight with one hand and build with the other. Pray, persevere, and remember how far God has brought you just to be here. The enemy uses the same old tactics he always has, but God is as faithful as he always has been. Hold fast to this promise today. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Romans 8.31 God knew there would be an in-between, and it is in that place He will grow our faith in Him. I pray you step into your week armed for battle, remembering no attack is met without a God-given defense. Yield your sword and finish the build. You'll be amazed at what you discover about God and yourself once you make it to the other side. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share it with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark.